Household Budgeting. Welcome to Stewardship and Romance, a Biblical Marriage and Family Online Training Center. This is our second episode on the topic of financial stewardship. This one is going to provide you with the tools and methods you can employ to manage your personal finances. We'll teach you how to easily track your income and expenses and how to regularly manage all your accounts from a single spreadsheet. So let's get started with Episode 7, Household Budgeting. Before we get into the precise steps of household budgeting, let's talk about why it's important to have a budget in the first place. We must learn to see everything in life, including financial stewardship, from God's point of view. Let's begin this talk with some basic assumptions from Scripture. Number one, we are commissioned by God to rule. God created the world and then commissioned us to fill it and rule over it. Genesis 1.28 says, And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God's desire is that we take care of the earth, that we steward it well. We believe this means in all respects, the macro and the micro, from top to bottom, every aspect and every detail, all the way down to the way we handle finances. Number two, stewardship of our resources is an act of worship to God. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. God sees our stewardship of resources as an act of worship to Him. This idea repeats over and over again in both Old and New Testaments. God really does care about the way we steward our money and possessions. It's interesting to note that there are over 800 references in the Bible to the stewardship of our resources. A third assumption is being rich is not evil. It's mismanaging riches and wealth that is evil. If riches were evil, then God would have rebuked Job, Abraham, Jacob, Boaz, David, Solomon, and every other rich person in the Bible just because they were wealthy. But he did not. In fact, Jesus himself taught the people how to steward money and possessions. His concern for the rich wasn't the amount of money they possessed, but the extent to which their riches possessed them. If you find that money has become your idol, that your heart cannot handle great riches, then give it away. There's a number of scriptures on that. Mark 10, Matthew 18, Matthew 6. When it comes to money, giving is always the best insurance for the heart. And you can get more on this particular topic, the topic of giving, by listening to episode 6 called The Blessing of Giving. Fourth assumption is that great things come through careful planning. In Luke 14, 28 to 30, Jesus said, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Hart's paraphrase on that would be, Which of you desiring to be financially successful does not first sit down and create a master plan for financial success? Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. 
If creating your own financial plans is way outside of your comfort zone, find a good financial planner. It will be well worth the effort. You can contact us and we'll send you a link that will help you find trusted advisors in your area. Assumption number five, God's desire is that we multiply our finances, talents, and skills. So not just finances, but other areas because our time is valuable too. Luke 16, 10 says, One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. Hart's paraphrase, One who is faithful in household budgeting will one day be given much more to be faithful with. Matthew 25 says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. He also, who had two talents, made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Hart's paraphrase, Lord, you've given me this paycheck, this time, and these talents and skills. Give me wisdom to know what I can do to multiply all of this for your glory. Assumption number six, good accounting practices lead to prosperity. Proverbs 27 says, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds, for riches do not last forever. And does a crown endure to all generations? Now in these modern times, we don't have flocks and herds too much anymore but we have other things to watch over. So that our paraphrase would be, know well the condition of your accounts and give attention to your spreadsheet because money comes and goes quickly and you can't take it with you anyway. Proverbs 21 says, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Hart's paraphrase, a foolish man spends everything in his account without even knowing how much he has left. Proverbs 22 The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Our paraphrase is A wise person sees that his account is getting low and makes some smart decisions to avoid an overdraft, but the foolish person blunders on and suffers for his inattention. It's very important to know how much you are earning as well as how much is being spent every month and to be able to see this information at a glance. If you earn income and spend without seeing where it's going, you are headed for financial trouble at some point, especially if you use a credit card. So here are the steps involved in household budgeting. Step one, track your monthly income and expenses. If you're doing household budgeting, we recommend using computer software for this task. Uh, We really like Quicken Home and Business. Uh, But if you're not running a business, just Quicken Deluxe is fine too. Categorize each income source and every expense. So categorize every income source and expense and then periodically create a report that shows you income versus spending. In the end, you need a list of how much you're spending in every category every month. And once you've set things up, it's pretty easy to maintain. Step two, set up a budget spreadsheet. 
that contains the most realistic amounts for each expense category. We've always used Excel for that. Uh, and if you are billed every two months, then divide that amount in half to calculate the monthly amount for that category. Be sure to set up your spreadsheet so that it shows you how much you are budgeting per month as well as how much you are actually spending in each category. The final column should show how much you are holding in your checking account to pay for each actual expense. So if you need some additional help if this seems complicated um, and you're more of a visual learner, we have a generic budget spreadsheet that we've developed that will um, help you with that. They're in the show notes of the episode or you can go directly to them. Just go to Stewardship and Romance slash episode 7. You can find it there. Uh, You can also find it in our complete article on finances, stewardshipandromance.com slash finances. Step three is set up your sinking funds. There is so much freedom in having money set aside to meet expenses that are variable or occasional, such as clothing and gifts. Think of a sinking fund as a money pot with a name on it, such as auto repair. We call that pot a sinking fund, by the way, because the money in the pot sinks as soon as you use it. Estimate how much money should be in the pot, put it there as soon as possible, then use those funds as needs arise in that category rather than using a credit card. The first sinking fund to fill should be your emergency fund. If you are just getting started with this approach, you may want to start at a low level and then work up. For example, make every effort to fill your emergency sinking fund with $1,000 just to get started. You can do more later, but start with $1,000. Once that is done, begin filling other sinking funds, such as clothes, and gifts, vacation. Uh, we have one called miscellaneous that is used for all the expenses that are outside of both our monthly budget and our sinking funds, because it's sometimes... Uh, hard to categorize everything in life. Something usually sneaks in that we're unaware of. It's outside of category. After these funds are filled, make it your goal to work up to having three to six months of income in your emergency fund. We advocate keeping that fund in a money market account so that it's earning interest and not so easy to draw from. The goal should be to only draw from your emergency fund in an actual emergency. So we wouldn't say that clothing is an emergency um, so but you'll have to define that what constitutes an emergency for you for real living this way takes the stress out of paying for things like auto expenses clothes li- license tabs vacations and gifts once you're set up with your sinking funds you need uh, and you need money for something that is outside of your monthly budget it's there and if it isn't there for some reason you may occasionally decide to move money from one sinking fund to another. You could rob Peter to pay Paul, but you're not doing that with the bank. You're just borrowing from yourself. No interest there. No overdraft fee. Just move the money over. For example, you say that you had a growing sinking fund for clothes, but now your car breaks down. So you decide to move funds from your clothing fund to your auto fund to pay for the repairs. To maintain this way of spending, you'll need to discipline yourself to using a portion of your unexpected income to refill sinking funds that are getting low. So you get an unexpected windfall, then just take a chunk of that money, put it right down 
into your sinking funds. It's like the ant preparing for winter. Step four, maintain a watched expenses report for categories that can vary based on how much you spend. This will help you know how much to budget each month in a particular category and how much to maintain in a particular fund. So some examples of watched expenses uh, usually include groceries and eating out, and clothes, gifts, and sundries. All these amounts are going to vary every month. They do average out if you look at a number of different months. But how will you know how it's averaging out if you don't track the expense? So, so you'll need to use some... The best way and easiest way is to use software for that. Use the same software that you use to track your expenses to begin with. And then go to the, wherever the software has the uh, reporting center. Create a new report and title it Watched Expenses. And that's where you'd select the variable expenses that you're tracking, like your groceries and whatnot, things that vary. You don't have to track fixed expenses uh, in your watched expense report. So select every variable expense you're tracking and view that report every week. Um, if you're spending a lot more frequently, maybe every few days, but every week. And if you miss a week, well, then do it the next week. But we try to do it like every weekend. It's a good time to to uh, do that and then make any needed changes on your spreadsheets. The goal is to always have an updated spreadsheet where if you look down at the bottom, uh, you can put in a little balance there. So once you do the math, the, the balance should always be zero. You never, you always make sure that uh, everything balances, unlike the federal government. The goal is not to be taken surprise by your own spending. All right, for those of you that have a computer, um, which should be most of you that are listening to this podcast, or you probably would have some kind of an electronic device to listen to this. So that assumes that you'd be able to actually have software as well. So assuming that you're using computer software similar to what is described above, you only need to do the following steps each week. Number one, download your banking transactions from all your accounts, from every account, including your credit card, and then categorize any income and expense that has not yet been categorized. So that regular categorizing is very important. It's probably good to do that every three or four days, just make sure you're categorizing things. And, um, so that's the key to making it work. Number two, copy amounts you see in your watched expenses report to your spreadsheet. Those are your variable expenses, like groceries and gifts. Uh, so copy those as well as the paid fixed expenses. And then take all those items and add them to the paid column of the spreadsheet. And you can go to that generic spreadsheet uh, that's in the notes and pull that up and take a look at what that paid column looks like and see how it works on uh, this particular model. Number three, on your spreadsheet, list any actual income that is pending, then move it to the paid column after it arrives in your account. Four, update your checking and savings balances. I've forgotten to do that once or twice, and uh, if you don't update your balance, it, it can throw things off and make it, you're going, what, how did this turn out? That Oh, I see. I forgot to put in my new checking account balance. Uh, number five, adjust your sinking funds as needed until your budget is balanced. And so that's the last thing you would do. Now, if for some reason you don't have a computer, can't afford one, 
don't have a phone, you're looking at someone else's computer or, or their phone right now uh, or software, it just isn't possible for you. Uh, for whatever reason, there is another way to do it. It's just going to take a little more effort, but you can still do it. So if you don't own a computer, you can follow the same steps that we just talked about by setting up your monthly spreadsheet on grid paper in a notebook. So keep a page for each month in the same notebook so that you have a record of the entire year all in one place. For your fixed and sinking funds, just get some envelopes and write the name of each category on the outside of each envelope. Then when cash comes in, load your envelopes and you're ready to go. Some people use the envelope system to manage to help them manage their variable expenses such as auto gas and they do everything else on the computer. So you can mix these two different methods together and it works just fine. Um, but you decide what works best for you. Now let's talk about managing credit. Credit cards have their pros and cons. They're great for convenience and air miles and other rewards. However, for those who do not pay their entire balance every month, they can be a pain in the neck, a real nightmare. If you find that you are unable to pay off your entire credit balance every month, destroy your credit cards and commit to using debit only. If you believe you can manage credit and you have a history of doing that well, then keep these following tips in mind. First, keep only one credit card that will give you airline miles and other rewards. If you travel a lot, having a card like this will save you a lot of money as long as you use it well. To maximize your rewards, use the card to pay every possible expense, but only if there is money already in the checking account to pay for it in full every month. Be sure to categorize each transaction for your credit card using software, just as you do for your other accounts. The secret to paying it in full every month is to keep the balance listed on your monthly spreadsheet as an expense. So that's what we do. Yeah, but in our fixed expenses, we have uh, an amount that's constantly changing, and that is our credit card balance. It's very important that that's there. Without that figure being there, then you're going to have a credit card balance that's going sky high because you're not seeing it. And before you know it, you're looking at it going, how did we, how did it get this high? I can't believe this. How are we going to pay this off? That shouldn't be happening. So make sure you have that credit card balance always in the spreadsheet as part of your whole picture. Then now you have control over your finances. That's very important. All right, now let's talk about the flip side to budgeting. Sometimes, no matter how carefully you track your income and expenses, you run into moments or even seasons of life where there just isn't enough income coming in to pay the bills. Believe me, we've been there numerous times as we've raised our five children. And Meg is now going to talk a little about that. Okay, so what do you do when you've budgeted and the end of your month there is not enough for things like clothes or maybe sometimes food, um, maybe uh, an expense for school. There's all different things that will pop up, like a field trip or something. And you didn't budget that, it just kind of popped up. So I think the three main things that I've done 
or we've done as a family. But um, when John would go over the budget with me, usually we did that weekly, sometimes monthly. We'd go over the budget and we would say, oh, not enough for this. Um, We would pray and we would watch God work. And we saw many times where um, that little budget that we managed so faithfully and diligently was expanded beyond our imagination. So um, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And if you ask, um, you need to believe. And God God also said he's like a father. And if you ask for um, a loaf of bread, he's not going to give you a stone. So He's a good God, and He cares about His children. So ask and watch and wait. And don't get in a hurry to um, find another way to do it, like a credit card or something like that. Um, Over the years, I've, I've practiced contentment and a lot of gratefulness for what we've had. And um, so the other things that I can say are, you know, what is in your hand? What are you good at? What could you do to create more income? And so I would ask that. And I thought, well, what can I do to help um, the budget? And there was all different things that came up, like let's have a garage sale or let's deliver phone books or let's um, bake something and have a bake sale or let's glean or go to garage sales and and stretch that dollar that I have and make it go farther and farther and farther. So there are things that you can do. There's seasonal jobs you can do. There's making things from home that you can do for farmer's markets or church bazaars or things like that that you can do to supplement your income. Um, there were times when we were just sitting there going, okay, our daughter wants to do this program that costs $5,000, the Master's Commission, and she's working and saving and saving and saving and saving. And we were thinking, you know, she, she got to the end of the year when the money was due, and she only had half saved, and she was diligently saving And then literally when it was due, uh, we got a card in the mail from somebody in our church and there was a check for the other amount, the other half of it in that envelope saying that, you know, we, I guess, helped them at one time when they were lacking, we brought them food or something and um, they just paid it back or paid it forward, whatever you do. But, you know, a lot of times you'll encounter a, a family that you know that might be needy and and maybe you don't have a need at that moment, but you have a, a, a plenty. It's good to ask the Lord to show you what you can share with those around you because a lot of people helped us over the years and we can just recount them a lot of stories about Um, the community helping one another. And I think that's God's heart, is that we don't look out for our own needs only, but we look out for the needs of others around us. And that happened a lot to us. And now in this stage of life, as our kids are grown, we get to be more of a blessing to others. But we were receiving a lot of blessings from 
people in our church and, you know, lots of things. So I could go into it more, but I would just say, you know, pray, pray and pray and watch God work. And um, so many times we look at the materialism around us and we think, well, we got to stay up. We got to be like our neighbors or be like, you know, the magazine but we really don't. We can really practice being content with what we have and make what we have be wonderful. And you take the little that you have and you make it wonderful. You make it beautiful. You make it amazing, you know? So I, I just think that you can take what you have and, and be grateful with it and be content with it. So that's my, my two cents. Um, worth of advice and encouragement for everybody listening. So hopefully you enjoyed that. Have a great day. So thanks, Meg, for that. That was excellent. All right. So let's talk a little bit about managing finances as a couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're single, you alone decided what you would do with your money. But now it's the two of you. So it's going to take coming into agreement. Obviously, there's no rules on this. Only guiding principles. God's desire is that we come into agreement on the things that really matter. It's all about love. As a couple, we progressively learn how to lay down our lives for one another. The mechanics of this are going to be different in each household. But here's what we do. I manage all the accounts and generate reports to review with me, like she says, every each week if we can, or at least once a month. Um, and we do that because she prefers it and because that's my bent is to manage accounts. And so it works for us as a couple. But we know of other couples where they reverse that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the wife that manages the account and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the husband does the other part of it. So, so one, is, one tends to be the one that kind of holds, holds things <laughs> together financially and, and record, does all the, um, what do we call it? The nerd, <laughs> the nerd of the family, does all that, and then the free spirit, the spender, likes to know what's the bottom line. What is it that I can spend, right, Meg? You right. Just want to know what you can yep. spend. That's the, according to Dave Ramsey. There's the nerd of the free spirit. Yep. Yeah. So it's at that point we decide to come together. Uh, once once we both know what the bottom line is, uh, what we actually have to spend, then we can decide together perfectly. Uh, what it is that we can spend if we've got any major purchases can we do anything this month or do we need to wait for another month till we save more we can talk about that but first we have to know the facts all right so that's it for that topic and this will come up again in a course so be watching for this topic of finance it's coming up in a future course and now we just like to pray for you over this because this is a, a touchy subject it's something that uh can make or break marriages, actually. And you're so we want to to pray over you. So, Lord, we just pray for everyone that's listening to this podcast, wherever they are right now. And we pray, Lord, for increased faith for them. We pray for uh, that they would be encouraged and not discouraged in the way that they're managing their money. And uh, regardless of what they see on their spreadsheet or what they see in their credit card balance, that they would be encouraged that you are there with them, that you know it all, and that you have a plan for them, and you want them to be financially free. 
So we pray that you'd show them the steps they need to take for financial freedom. Help them to be strong and courageous, like it says in Joshua 1. We pray you'd grant them wisdom and understanding uh, to see things from your point of view, Father. We ask that you'd give them patience and persistence and help them to work together in this process. And we pray that they would be filled with your spirit as they go through this time of life. And we ask for just your blessing upon their family right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now uh, we wanted to recommend a course for you that we took years ago, and it's good to take and retake and encourage your friends and family to take it. It's not the only course around, but it's the one that worked well for us. It's been it's all over the country and many different churches offering this. It's called Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey. You may have heard his name before. Um, so it's been a financial life changer for us as we raised our five children. And to this day, because of following the principles in that course, we have no consumer debt, no student loans, no car loans, nothing uh, from past marriages. We've raised our five kids and there have been five marriages. No loans from that. Uh, just our mortgage. And that's rapidly sinking because we're making additional payments. Uh, then we've got uh, a recommended book if you for some reason can't attend the course and you just want to get a hold of the information right away, there is a link to the book Financial Peace Revisited. That's the latest book on the same topics. Of course, it's better if you can attend the class. Uh, it's lots of fun. They keep you laughing the whole time. So it, it's it's not a bummer. You really enjoy it. Uh, so those links are in your notes. If you if you're looking at the notes right now, you can just click on it. And if you're not, you, if you've got an app you're looking at, just go to the show notes of your app and find those courses. Uh, so this concludes episode seven on household budgeting. So in episode eight, we'll talk about how to get out of debt and stay out of debt. So be watching for that one. And if you're listening while you're driving right now, it's no worries when you stop. Go to the show notes of this episode in your app, but you'll find everything you need, an outline of this teaching, a link to the course Financial Peace University, the book Financial Peace Revisited, as well as a link to our website where you can enjoy our marriage and family articles and find our other resources and get in contact with us. And thanks for sharing this episode with your friends. All right, here's our rallying cry. It's based on John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So let's say, by the Holy Spirit, I can do it. One, two, three. By, by the, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, I can do it. it.